welcome to the Sweet Tooth Vegan Podcast. I'm your host, Shalina, and you are listening to episode 16, Colonialism Runs Deep. This is also part one of my new series called Black Vegan, exploring veganism within the Black community. My first guest for this series is Alexa Potashnik from Winnipeg, Manitoba, also another fellow Canadian, yay! She's my second Canadian guest on the show and I'm so excited and I actually found out about her through another podcast that I listened to called Three Dreads and a Durag. We were both guests on their show which is pretty cool and then we connected over Instagram and she shared that she's also a vegan. Now Alexa, she has so many accomplishments. Um, She is definitely someone to look up to. I'm just going to read a quick little blurb about her. She is the founder and president of Black Space Winnipeg and has demonstrated a firm commitment to community development and social justice, influencing initiatives across Winnipeg that promotes diversity and inclusion for Black, Indigenous, and people of color communities. This year, Alexa was the lead organizer of the Afro Prairie Film Festival, Central Canada's first Black film festival, and founder of the annual Afrocentric Artists Showcase Nui Noir. While establishing safer spaces for Black folks and people of color, Alexa's work continues to challenge white privilege, dominance, supremacy through grassroots activism, and encourages demonstrations of Black radical advocacy. In 2017, Alexa was the MC for the Women's March on Washington, Winnipeg, an event that drew over 3,000 Winnipeggers to the heart of downtown Winnipeg, demonstrating solidarity for social justice, and was honored to introduce Dr. Dr. Angela Davis at her lecture, Freedom is a Constant Struggle. Awarded as the Humanitarian of the Year at the African Community Awards and recipient of the Civil Shack Youth Award from Manitoba Association of Rights and Liberties 2017, Alexa has been a speaker for We Day Canada, presented at TEDx University of Winnipeg, and now sits on the Community Advisory Committee with the City of Winnipeg. Recognized as one of CBC's Future 40 Under 40, Alexa continues to push against the status quo, ensuring that there are platforms for the Black, Indigenous, people of color voices in society to be seen and heard. So, without further ado, here is part one of the Black Vegan series, episode 16. We start off with a quick little icebreaker game that I created called Last Time. What was the last radio station you tuned into? Oh, wow. Um, I think, like, the the generic, like, Energy 106 or, like, the, the top 40 radio station that, if that was playing in someone's car. Um, oh, and I do listen to CBC Radio 1 uh, occasionally, so okay. I try to keep up with the news. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I listen to CBC Radio sometimes when I'm commuting to work. Um, I did a lot in the summer, but I haven't in recent times. Um, but I listen to a radio station called 98.7 CHFI. Um, it's more like, I guess, alternative and um, I also listen to G987. That's more of an urban station. Um, so I'm always switching between those two. Very nice. Yeah. Um, when was the last time you've been to the movie theaters? Oh, actually, last Sunday. I saw the Miles Morales Spider-Man. Oh, yes. How is it? It was pretty good. I mean... It would be nice if there was also a live-action movie of a black Spider-Man, but we got a cartoon. But, you know, we're, we're small strides. Yeah. <laughs> it was, we'll it take was it. pretty good. Yeah, I want to take my brother to see it, actually. I would recommend it, for sure. Cool. 
Uh, the last movie, last time I went to the theaters, um, what was the movie I saw? Shoot, I'm drawing blank. That Chinese one, uh, what's it called? Oh, Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, nice! <laughs> yeah, one. I wanted to see that. Yeah, that's the last time I went to the theater. It was pretty good. It, lots of um, comedy in it. Very cool. Yeah. Next question is, when was the last time you laughed hysterically? So like sore cheeks, peed your pants. Oh, <laughs> oh that's a good question. Um, oh God. <laughs> I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a moment that I'm just blanking out. Um, uh, oh, okay, happens. <laughs> there's this um, there's this comedy series uh called laugh mob i think okay. and i see their videos all the time on facebook and there's this one um video where this guy is talking about his son acting up in class and how he he goes to the classroom and you know is kind of watching what his son is doing and just just the way he presented the story like i was i was dying and it was really <laughs> awkward because i was watching it at work and there's we have like an open workspace so I was slow, like, I was laughing silently, and that's the worst way <laughs> to try to keep in your laughter is to be quiet. Yeah. So I literally couldn't breathe. I was on my desk crying because it was, it was oh, hysterical. No. And, yeah, I was, it was a good time. <laughs> oh, wow. You have to send me that video. <laughs> I will. It's, oh, my God. They're, the videos on there, it's, it's so good. Oh, wow. It's always nice to, laugh, like, get those type of laughs every once mm-hmm. in a while. Good release. Last time for me was last weekend when I was playing a um, Monopoly game that's Mario Kart themed. Oh, cool. Yeah, with my siblings. I, like, I, it just got really, I got really competitive and it was just, yeah, really, a really good time. Very nice. Oh, I know. I, I can't play board games anymore. <laughs> I get, <laughs> there has been grudges in my family for oh, years. No. That's how competitive we are. Oh, no. That's like us with, um, what's that game called? Uh, Taboo. <gasps> oh my god, I know. I love that game. But it, it caused some fights, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it does. Line. It does. So we, we don't play that game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you were really excited about something? Oh. I... Well, I get excited. You know what? I get excited when I hear back from new projects I'm working on. Like, um, I sent I, I sent a a letter of intent to our minister of education um, about like black education in Manitoba, and I recently heard back from like his advisor saying that he'll get back to me, and I thought that was pretty oh, exciting. Wow. Anytime I hear back from the state uh on any kind of political ventures i'm working on that that gets me that gets me pretty pretty thrilled <laughs> oh wow what was the letter about like uh, basically um addressing the lack of um representation and curriculum for like black folks and hiring practices and um like the the crisis that continues to uh, exists for black youth and in some school divisions in in our province and in the city of like really um, evident uh, amounts of racial and cultural isolation um, you know racial harassment and bullying oh, wow. um, like I went to a predominantly white high school so an elementary and middle school so I have you know stories of just that type of um, feeling like an outcast so mm-hmm. um, Manitoba doesn't have the greatest track record on promoting diversity within our education system so that's um and that's the work i do with with black space so hopefully uh hopefully they, they've heard our call and uh is receptive to some of our suggestions definitely wow that sounds powerful i i hope so i don't think a lot <laughs> of people have like that um courage to write the higher people so that's oh yeah cool 
it's an uphill battle with the, these folks sometimes. Mm. Yeah, I could see how that could happen for sure. Um, so yeah, that concludes last time. And thanks for playing. Thank you. And we'll get into the interview questions. Sure. So the first question is, what is your vegan story? So it's been a full year now. Um, last year, um, I it was around Christmas time. Um, I think it was actually Boxing Day when I decided to turn the page and, and you know try this this thing called being vegan and um uh for I'd say throughout most of my life I've always like been conscious of my weight um I was uh definitely through high school I did not take care of myself I didn't eat well I didn't really exercise and it was in my last year in grade 12 where I was like you know what like something needs to change I said I feel sluggish I don't like the way my clothes are fitting and you know I was just avoiding um the healthy lifestyle so I started to work out and um I saw results which was good but I didn't I wasn't conscious of my diet I was always very much like um eat now and worry about it later Mm -hmm. and um it wasn't until I started um I'd say going to the gym more, being more active. Um, I was always concerned about, I don't know why, exercise first mm-hmm. and the diet second. Uh, I didn't realize the impact that your diet has, you know, on your life. So um, 2016, I got involved in boxing. I've, I've always uh, boxed on and off since That's I was like cool. 14. But um, I took it seriously in 2016. I, I started going to one um, our a boxing gym downtown at downtown Winnipeg and you know those workouts some of those workouts were like intense like some of the hardest I've ever worked out physically in my life and um I did this thing called fight games and it's basically six weeks intensive training and you do an amateur fight at the end of your your six weeks so um that was like a full 180 and I had a coach and I had a um, like a, a diet regime and I, I had everything planned out so, so working out like three times a day for two hours um, and then you know just eating nothing but vegetables fruit and I did have we were allowed to eat protein so I had like um, uh, steamed chicken and, and, and boiled eggs and stuff like that mm. uh, I cut out like all types of breads and at the end of it that was like the most fit I've been like that I can ever remember mm-hmm. and I was like oh this is really awesome like I feel great I have energy I feel like I, I, I look good I like the way I look and the problem with that is I'm not a professional athlete so if you if you don't keep that up and then you go back to your standard weight for a lot of people it was a shock um because you know they don't have the six-pack anymore and they're just living their regular oh, lifestyle no. so yeah. um I um I did the first fight games in 2016 and then 2017 I did another fight games um but that wasn't a good time because I was really stressed out from all the community work I was doing and it was hard to meet the the workout demands of like working out three times a day with all my other commitments um and then like that that was 2017 and and um I was like okay I have to just take a break and then 2018 rolls around and I sign up for fight games again last year Mm -hmm. and um but at the end of 2017 I was really I started to research on like I heard all about all these people being vegan being vegan being vegan um you know cut out dairy cut out cut out meat and I don't think it really hit me until like the independent research I was doing so I was you know thank god for like memes and Instagram because (laughs) I was scrolling through my feed and I saw this I follow um Shaka Bars um he's like this uh I believe boxer in England and he's a dedicated hardcore vegan it's a lifestyle and I follow his his videos and um I think he posted a picture of like a pork chop 
and they were cutting out a uh, like a um, uh, a cancer, like a, a tumor Ooh. from this pork chop Ooh. from the meat, and they just threw it away, and then they repackaged it and was selling it to people. Oh gosh! Oh, and I gosh. was like, I was like, that can't be real. I said that can't be real. I was just, I was beyond like I was sitting beside myself like there's no way that's possible so I started watching documentaries and on Netflix and just um uh following a lot um in terms of like more so um like black uh influencers and black scholars and academics that I follow and like um like the links of slavery to our diet and Mm. um just like really getting in depth so I said you know what it was it was out, it was Christmas 2017. I said this is the last time, or one of the last times I'm gonna. I said I'm gonna enjoy my ackee and saltfish and my oxtail <laughs> and my and my and my um, curry my curry chicken. Um, and I'm like I'm just I'm just gonna do it. This is gonna be my last meal. And tomorrow, cold turkey. So December 26th rolls around and. Um, I was like, okay, I have beans, I can make like sauteed beans, I can still have toast, just no butter. And I was like, <laughs> I said, I have avocado, so this can't be too bad. And I I just wanted to try something different because every time I did fight games and I worked and I was boxing and then I stopped and I went back to my regular weight, um, like it was always this roller coaster effect. And I said, I'm just tired of always um working hard and then you know, going back to my regular lifestyle. And and what the irony is, is that diets don't work because it's a lifestyle change. You have to change your lifestyle and be disciplined if you really want to achieve, you know, your kind of physical goals. So um, I I won't lie. The first, the first month, it was very difficult. Um, I didn't research enough. And I just like was eating stir fried veggies and salad all the time and I'm like hey I need to I need to like work on this and actually like sit down and plan um a a well-balanced diet um so I'd say uh after I did the fight games in 2018 um and I was eating uh vegan um like I don't know the longer I did it the easier it got and I won't lie like I like my whole life was and our society is really based on on meat, like from oh, yeah, for sure. um, the, the food industry, my family, like my mom's side's Jamaican. So, you know, when I told them I was going vegan, they just kind of looked at me sideways. I'm yeah. like, okay, well, where are you going to get your protein from? And you're going to miss I out on I can relate to that for sure. And, uh, but I, I, you become really creative when you don't rely on meat. And I just, I'll also got tired of always needing to feel full with uh, meat on my plate and having chicken or having beef or eggs and I said this isn't I said I shouldn't have to feel I should be able to feel full and satisfied from you know other sources of protein and vegetables so um the longer I did it the easier it got but I um it's like there's still times where I'm um I'm in the presence of someone cooking meat and it still smells good so I don't know if that kind of urge will ever go away but I don't have the impulse to like um pig out on meat I've been I've been pretty good for the last year nice wow yeah I definitely could relate to um a lot of what you said especially having a Jamaican family and telling them I'm going vegan yeah they were like they're like well they weren't very uh they weren't against it they're just like uh okay that's different (laughs) you (laughs) yeah and then uh, I did have like a couple of family members that kind of poked fun at me um Mm. and just kind of playful not I didn't really take offense to it um and also like maybe a couple of months into it they would ask are you still vegan or do you miss meat um stuff like that and they they also asked me that protein question as well and I like to do research myself, um, and I realize that all protein comes from plants. Yeah. And the reason why there's protein in animals is because they eat plants. Exactly. And, like, the best source of protein is directly from plants. 
So that's kind of how I describe it to them. Um, but yeah, definitely we live in a society where it's constantly pushed protein from, like, get your protein from dairy, get your protein from mm. animals. So to them, it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. How, like, because they're not told that. Um, but yeah, and yeah, for me, um, the only thing that was hard was giving up dairy. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that was the only challenge I had, and I miss I miss eggs. That's the only really thing because eggs are so versatile. Mm. I don't miss eggs. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> we ate eggs so much when we were training. So oh, that's, true. I, think I just got used to it. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, that's true. That makes sense. Um, for me though, like my body just started to not accept dairy anymore. Like become, I guess. Mm intolerant so i'm like okay i can't keep putting myself in pain so time to give up the dairy exactly yeah um you said something about you've researched the links um between slavery and diet yes what yeah, can yeah, you yeah. expand on that that sounds um, interesting so there's this oh god what's the name of this documentary i think it's called I think it's like Cedric the Entertainer's in it, um, and it's kind of like a Hidden Colors style. Um, I think it's called like Black Vegan or something. I can't remember the, the name of it, but um, I I watched the the series. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the documentary series Hidden Colors. Um, no, uh, it's like this. No, I haven't heard four of it. part. I think they, they're working on a fifth movie, a four-part documentary series that, like, breaks down um, the politics and uh, precisions and methods and systems and politics of, like, white supremacy, how that influences black folks in America and really around the globe. They, like, talk about, you know, pre-colonial Africa, post-colonial the misconceptions of, of black folks and um, the the uh, history of, of black people around the world. And it just, when I watched that documentary, I was just like, you know, I was I was taking the, what is it? The, the red pill in the matrix. Like my mind was mm-hmm. blown. Wow. And um, they, they, they started talking about health and, um, there was this the segment uh, um, where they were discussing like um, how in you know during slavery um, you know enslaved black folks would eat um, the scraps from um, you know the the masters whatever so like things that are so um, are such staples like especially in like Caribbean food like oxtail and pig foot like and pig shoulder and like all the scraps you know we take that and we make and we recreate them and we make these amazing meals but um you know i think what they're trying to tell people and convey the the message they're trying to convey is that we are still eating and you know i'm quoting like the slave diet so Mm. waking up every morning having like a chicken fetus and uh, pig and you know dairy like all these things that just clog your arteries and it's not good for you you know we're still in that mentality mm-hmm. and um, food is medicine and food can heal and restore and repair your body and your mind and your soul and um, I didn't I never looked at it like I just it opened my eyes I never looked at it like that before and I just thought you know um, like oxtail and, and, and you know and and pig feet and all that like this was just a this was just a, a way of of life especially like in in my in my family those are like amazing uh soups and dishes that my grandparents always make um so it was hard to it was hard to you know accept that a, a large part of our our cultural diet um is is linked to a to historical trauma and and you know um uh, encounters of, of slavery and um, I I and after watching that 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 series and 
just doing research on my own, um, I don't know. It's hard to, like, be, like, going vegan, it's one of those things where, like, I would never force, I don't want to force my ideas on anybody because I used to be a hardcore meat eater. Meat eater. I used to be that person that says I would never go vegan. I love my meat. <laughs> yeah. um, I love my cheese, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, until you have that, that moment of realization, that epiphany, you just, it's, it's hard to convince people. And I, I think it's unfortunate because they have to come to that understanding by themselves. And um, there's an amazing uh, fitness coach here. His name's uh, Vernus Blair, Coach V. He runs higher level of fitness. And um, we brought him in for our community group therapy program that Black Space runs called Project Heal, right. um, like supporting black mental health. And he talked about like the effects of your physical um, exercise and diet and the links to mental health. And, um, you know, when you eat better, you feel better. And when you prepare your meals and, you know, just put that time and it's really investing in yourself and it's self care, mm-hmm. taking care of your body and the way you eat. Um, he's, he's also someone here that's, that's doing amazing work who is just so invested and, um, passionate about promoting a, a healthy balanced diet and exercise and yeah I mean it, it's, a, it's a hard pill to swallow when you know and especially my grandparents I can't talk about my grandparents like well you know this is linked to like slavery and they just they'll block it out but <laughs> um, I hope with education and I don't know with promotion people get away from in the black community people get away from the idea that being vegan is for white people and that you know, people of color really started at first and it's in our ancestors and, mm-hmm. you know, it's important to, to eat, um, eat well. Yeah, totally agree. Thanks for that insight too. Um, oh, yeah. I remember one time my stepdad, he was telling my siblings and I that the reason why oxtail prices are so expensive is like a form of um, I, I don't know if it's racism or oppression, but they know mm. they know that we eat it, so they like jack up the price, even though it's mm. little pieces of meat. I can they, see that, yeah. Yeah, he was explaining oh. that. I can't remember like the exact wording he said, but he made that connection. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, wow! Like racism, colonialism runs deep. I didn't know. <laughs> Oh it yeah, one hundred percent. It's in our diet. It's in everything. Wow, that's crazy. And I also know. Have you heard of the doctor, Doctor Milton Mills? Yes. Yeah. Have you seen? There's like a clip of him explaining how the dairy industry is racist. Oh, I did not. I will look that up. I did not see that. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. I actually talk a little bit about it in my earlier episodes on dairy. Mm. Um, But yeah, he basically says that the dairy industry knows that majority of colored people, so um, African descendants, uh, natives, Native Americans, um, and I think Asian as well. There are mo- majority of us are lactose intolerant, mm. and these dairy industries know that, but yet they still bombard us with all these, um, uh, what do you call them? Like they promote it heavily. Like Absolutely. D- milk is, make sure you have your milk, make sure you feed your baby's milk, like milk yeah, is and it, healthy. and it comes down to like corporate influence, right, and corporations. It's, um, I was, I was watching, oh God, um. You know, the dairy cows, they said that they, they're treated better than, I don't know, um, like, I, I don't know the right terminology, cows that are, like, raised to, for meat or whatever, to slaughter. And basically, this video was um, the farmers essentially raping the female the female cows mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. then the, the, the bulls to, like, make... Um, make more babies and then they so she because she can only she can only create like lactate or make milk when when she's pregnant right or when mm-hmm. or when she just had a, uh, a calf or whatever and i was like 
it was just it was disgusting Mm -hmm. it's like they're raping these animals and then um the she's her her nipples are so swollen because she's like pregnant all the time and um Mm -hmm. producing milk that like that's where the pus and the blood and the scabs come in and they don't like they try to pass um oh my god pasture i'm blanking on the word pasture I can't remember the, when they like when they try to um, clean or cleanse the the milk before it goes to the store. Um, pasteurize, I think. I think I yeah, pasteurize. And they there's still like a high percentage of like blood and 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 pus within the milk that you drink. And then I saw this meme that was like um, every other animal ha- like has their mother's milk, but humans drink cow milk and why do we do that i'm like that makes so much sense and i just i saw this video and it just like i wasn't a huge fan of milk like throughout my life and i've i've switched to like almond and cashew milk um but it was just eye-opening how the 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 dairy and the meat industry in the west is so problematic and they do not care about your health and all they care about is making money at the expense of um, at the expense of your health, at the expense of, um, you know, the environment of, of animals. And yeah, it just, it did not so sit well with me, but, um, yeah, you're, you're so, you're right about the dairy industry. It's just evil. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to everything you said when I, I also came across those videos, just breaking down how they, um, impregnate the cows and how they take oh the God. semen from the bulls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so, like, I really, as a female, I really identify, like, I really felt, like, I empathized with the cows. Like, it's so degrading and just, yeah. yeah. I, now I, can, I can't watch those videos anymore. They really, they really get to me emotionally. Yeah, I get too really, much. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, man. But you know what? As you said... Um, the more the word gets out, the more people are aware and they're left to make that decision for themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what are some common misconceptions that people have about you as a vegan? I'd say the biggest misconception, like, and this is gonna, this isn't gonna be the, um, I didn't necessarily go vegan um to save animals and I think that's where I think there's a a division between like the white vegan community and like black folks who are um who want to be vegan like this is this is the narrative that I've heard within my family that vegan like being vegan is like a white thing Mm -hmm. um and it's it's hard to it's hard to convince them that you know um, it, it's more about health, you know, and I, I realize that my my actions are going to, you know, um, affect and contribute to saving the planet and reducing meats and you know greenhouse gas and all that. But um, I, my my initial reaction was I wanted to stop. I wanted to change my diet for my health, right? Um, I know there's some vegans that I know that wanted to go vegan purely for environmentalism and saving animals and that's totally cool but that for 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 my journey that I started with myself first right and saving um and and being conscious of my diet so I think the the misconceptions that I hear the most within my community is that it's you know it's either um a white thing or um they think I'm like (laughs) um I want to like save the animals and I I'm I can't I'm vegan um, in terms of, like, health, but I, I still wear, like, fur. I still <laughs> wear leather, so mm-hmm. I can't say I'm, like, hardcore vegan because I know I'm still contributing to, you know, the, uh, the detriment of animals um, with my, some of my purchases. But um, it, it was, for me, it was all about the diet, right, and, and the health and, um, you know, just not trusting the industries out here, um, regardless if it's in the States or in, or in Canada. I think people think that Canada, you know, we're, 
we're safe and, you know, we're a smaller population and we do things better out here. You know, corporations are, are corporations. And at the end of the day, they just care about making their money. Um, exactly. But yeah, I'd say those are the common misconceptions that people have about my, you know, my dietary lifestyle and, and, and choices. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I've heard that misconception once. Um, but like for me, in my journey, I've never really thought about it as a white person thing or a trend. But I did notice that when I was trying to learn different meals to cook and recipes, um, I'm on YouTube a lot. So all the YouTubers that I came across were white and I didn't uh-huh. see any one that looked like me, like no blacks, no Jamaicans. Nope. But in recent times, I'm starting to see or become more aware of uh, black vegans and you can still have your culture and be vegan too. Absolutely. And like, that's where I think that's, that's so important. And I'm glad that you brought that up. I think that's where that misconception comes from. Because when you research it, you you see predominantly like white vegan activists or, you know, influencers or whatever. And you have to dig again, for, you know, black vegan uh, resources. So there's this there's this book called Sister Vegan. And I forget who wrote it. But she I believe is a, a vegan, uh, a black woman in Los Angeles. Um, and you know, you can convert a lot of dishes that you already enjoy, um, with like bean and tofu, um, substitutes. And I still have ackee. I just cook it without the salt fish and it tastes good. Like it still tastes good to me. So yeah, same here. (laughs) That's uh, that's one substitute that I've been, that I've been craving a lot lately. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like right now I'm really into jerked mushrooms Oh, yeah i really i season it up as if you were to season up chicken and mushrooms really hold seasoning so it's oh absolutely yeah yeah. i'm I'm really happy that you know i could still keep my culture (laughs) absolutely um yeah um and then you kind of we kind of talked about it earlier of where do you get your protein not getting enough protein misconception i think that's yeah i um like i and another, my a hesitation that I kind of had going into my new diet was I wasn't a huge fan of tofu. I think that's because I I never tried anything that I didn't know how versatile tofu could be. Like you can, it's really like you can do anything with it, um, and you can manipulate and you know uh, you can manipulate the taste and the texture and you know the seasoning and everything. Um, so tofu and um lentils and uh nuts like they're so i think once you i think cooking is really it comes down to it it's about the sauce and if you get the sauce right you can make anything like taste phenomenal so i um tofu is is very versatile and uh um yeah you can do so much with it I totally agree with that. The sauce, and the, it's all in the sauce, it's all in the seasonings. That's what Absolutely. makes food taste good. And I even use, sometimes when I'm cooking, I use my, my stepdad is the cook in our family, and I just use his seasonings. And like oxtail seasoning, it's vegan, it's all plants. Um, chicken season, like the dry seasonings, even though it says um. the meat and then it says seasoning, it's still vegan. And that... I think that's why people, like, we all loved, are attached to meat is because the taste, but it's the seasonings, really. It really is. It's yeah. the seasoning and the sauce. Yeah. Yeah. So once they, like, people that are interested in becoming vegan, once they understand that, I think they'll be more open, like, okay, not missing out much. Exactly. Yeah. You mentioned how, um, like, you still buy fur coats or and whatnot. Um, yeah. And, like, yeah, for me, too, like, I, when I first started off, I never really thought of veganism past diet. It's mm. just in recent times, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, it does expand to other things like uh, products you wear and even, like, um, one of the podcasts I did was on makeup like cruelty oh, yeah. and stuff yeah I never really thought was aware of how 
it expands to those areas too. And I don't believe like there's such thing as a perfect vegan. Like we're all vegan for our own reasons and yes. at our own pace. And I just want to ask, like, have you ever experienced vegan police? Polices? <laughs> so like, oh, yeah. vegans um, are judgmental and controlling. Like, oh, you're not a real vegan because you have leather shoes, or you're not a real exactly. vegan. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, and that's where I got. That's where I. Um. That's where I was reluctant to label myself as. Um, a vegan mm-hmm. because and okay this is where another thing I'm going to bring up race again because every time I hung around like white folks who are vegan it was very much like a save the animals type of <laughs> conversation and, and that is important 100% but yeah I got um um I, I, I have this beautiful leather backpack um, that I don't think I'll be giving up anytime soon. And Winnipeg is cold, okay? In For Canada, sure. it's cold in general. And Winnipeg, you know, sometimes we get down to minus 50, minus 55. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, Canada <laughs> goose and, um, you know, uh, fur, uh, animal fur is really warm. So, uh, and I know there's substitutes, but I just have, I just have, been accustomed to um I guess my wardrobe still having a lot of animal influence and um I don't know I I'm that's that's my only hesitation about um you know putting on my social media like in my handle that you know vegan and and, and activist because um I don't want to deal with the like you that's a I'm, I'm glad you brought that up the vegan police because um, like you said, I'm, I'm exploring veganism, veganism the way I'm accustomed to it. And, um, maybe I'll, I'll stop wearing leather and fur in time, but for now it's warm and, mm-hmm. uh, it's cold outside in Winnipeg. And I don't know, I just, um, I'm more passionate about the diet and, um, you know, the, the, the self-care and the skincare and, and, and all the kind of products that you use on and within your body than um the material i Mm. suppose yeah that's first of all i didn't know that winnipeg gets that cold (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's no joke out here um and we're not there's places in manitoba and you know up north that get even colder so we're lucky but um yeah it, it can get quite frigid out here you know and it just drains your body like that being that cold you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. yeah i i still i still wear fur i can't lie <laughs> yeah yeah for me like i don't judge those people because like i mean who am i like i'm not here to patrol people's lives um, um but yeah that you know that saying you do you <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah i um for me, I don't really cast judgment on those people. And especially, like, in Canada, our, our Inuit people, like, they live up north. They need... That's their... That's how they survive. It's a survival thing, you know? Mm. So. Yeah. yeah, so some some PETA activists would not like me, but that's okay. <laughs> because I, <laughs> I can only follow, you know, my truth. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I certainly don't mean to offend anyone but um yeah I still I still am a um it was all it was it was always about the diet and the self-care before the the I guess the activism Hmm. yeah same similar to me like I made the decision just to be healthier just and then later on I started caring more and researching more into how it affects animals um yeah, and it, I there's, I think there was like a last year or this year there's like a 22 day vegan challenge and some folks are trying it and, um, <laughs> it's like I would I wouldn't try to it's not it's it's difficult but it's achievable you know what I mean and like I have these um, I have these conversations with my mom 
all the time um, because I've I've been so pa- I she's the one person that I for sure talk to about a, a lot about um, her diet because she 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 says that she wants to change but she still there's some moments where she um, uh, you know she has her moments of weakness and she'll still get dairy or like treats or anything so um, she's been the one person that I think that's been the most resistant um, but she's she's come through like the other day she made like a stuffed uh, a vegan dinner she like did a stuffed baked potato that was um, or sweet potato that which is so delicious and nice. like she has the skills and that's why I want to like for people to understand you have the skills and it's not difficult to be vegan it's just um it's it's a choice and it's a process it's no right. different than preparing meat you know what I mean and it's it's completely it's completely achievable you just have to I don't know you just have to try and I think I understand where people's hesitation and reluctancy is because it's been you know, part of our diet and, you know, our society and mindset for so long. Um, but I think we're, you know, your, your diet is one of the only things you can really still control in this world. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you can't, you can't, I think, deny the long lasting effects and, um, positive side to living a healthy lifestyle as best as you can. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally, totally agree. I think also another hesitation could be some people have the conception that veganism is expensive. And it can, mm. it can be if you buy like all those processed vegan meats and products like, um, do you guys have Gardein? You guys should have Gardein. They sell like meatless meats. They're fro- using the frozen aisle. Oh yeah, we have, we have, uh, we have the, the, meatless alternative in like the supermarket and we do have a couple vegan grocery stores and restaurants here as well oh do you vegan grocery stores wow well, yeah we have this one in in this this area called Wolseley, um and it's oh my god i love going there um and there's such such fresh food and um like vegan vegan gluten-free options it's it's fantastic nice nice Vegan cream cheese, yes. cashews are amazing. Yeah, it's 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 a good store. <laughs> nice, that's awesome. Yeah, I find sometimes like over here in our grocery stores or where I live, it can it can be expensive like buying those things. So I I just tell people it doesn't have to be expensive. Like you could just be basic, like just shop in your produce section and just make basic meals, and that, uh-huh. that could be affordable. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I say to them. Um, but yeah, it's nice to treat yourself once in a while to like vegan restaurants. I would say. Absolutely. Yeah, we ha- we have a couple here, like in Toronto. Um, there's one called V's Caribbean Restaurant. That's it's called what? Sorry. V's Caribbean Restaurant. Oh yeah. And yeah. It's, it's all Caribbean themed food. It, and vegan so when I found that one out I was like yay (laughs) and then there's one I also like called the hogtown vegan I'm really confused about why they're called hogtown and their logo is a pig (laughs) but oh yeah it's it's really weird but their food is vegan yeah and speaking of like vegan restaurants I when I was in North Carolina there was this black-owned vegan restaurant that I went to, and oh my god, I was just in heaven. There was like vegan mac and cheese, and um, vegan like okra and oh, wow. um, cornbread. It was just like vegan Southern food, and it mm. was amazing. So the next time I go, I'm going back because I, I, it was just it was so delicious oh, and. Wow. Um, like I said, it's, it's definitely possible and achievable. There's just, there's just a hesitation, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think once people are aware of like these restaurants and resources, they'll be more open. Absolutely. And there's also like, I'm getting tired of going out and not being able to eat anything. And I kind of wanted to just write to chains and like restaurants. Like there's 
more people that are vegetarian and vegan than not. And, you know, sometimes it'd be nice to go out and eat something besides a salad. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm at the moment, I'm, I'm at a position right now where I'm just like, I can't, I always have to eat something before I go out because I, I don't know what will be on the menu. Mm-hmm. And, and it, sometimes two restaurants are so not accommodating to vegans. Like they're very standoffish and like, well, that's all we have in the menu. Like I don't, I don't even go to pubs and like bars and try to eat bar food anymore because they just, they do not care. It's like oh, wow. burger and chicken wing central. Um, and yeah, it would be nice to see more vegan options on menus. You know, when you go out to like those, yeah, fat like chain restaurants, mm-hmm. if that's such a thing. Like A um, and W has the Beyond Meat Burger. Have you tried it? I haven't tried it yet, but I heard yeah, Canada just got it. Have you tried it? I okay, I tried it and I spit it out because I was like, oh my god, this is meat, and my friends were laughing so hard They're like <gasps> we like they swear to god this is a vegan burger oh, and i don't know what they did or how they seasoned it but it legit tastes like meat so i felt very guilty eating it um but i don't know they said it's it's vegan so it's very convincing wow yeah i've seen pictures on like social media of the burger and i'm like how do they get it to make it look like beef like so real I don't trust yeah, that. Yeah, and it tastes real too. So that's what's. See, I, I don't know. I, I try not to eat it a, a lot because I'm just like I don't know. <laughs> I still don't trust it because it tastes so much like. No, yeah, I see. I see. I probably won't try it now because, I I can't. No, <laughs> it'll just mess me up mentally. <laughs> it's it's pretty convincing. I can't lie. Wow, yeah. That's. I wonder what kind of research went into that. <laughs> yeah, wow. a lot of money. Holy. I have had Harvey's uh, veggie burger though. Have you tried theirs? Oh my god, Harvey's is my shit when I don't have any money and I'm, <laughs> I don't want to cook. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, I like their burgers, veggie burgers. Um, and there's also this brand I like to buy sometimes because it's really expensive. Uh, I think it's called Sol or Sol, S O L. Okay. And they have bean burgers. So it's like. <gasps> nice yeah i prefer those ones over like the mock meat burgers i like the uh-huh. bean ones those ones are good what's it called there's also a lot of recipes online to make them from scratch bean burgers so i want to try that one day uh, i had a um what was it a black bean burger that also um was amazing and we have this restaurant here called boon burger which is like a a vegan burger joint um and some of their some of their burgers are are phenomenal so there's definitely options out there for sure Mm -hmm. and over in ontario we don't have any i think there's one vegan rest um no see i don't even think we have any vegan grocery stores like as you were saying that's so cool i need to come to winnipeg and (laughs) hey you know what maybe you will maybe we can we can organize something i'd love to see um i'd love to see a like a black vegan conference maybe they they already exist but that would be something that'd be really cool that i'd love to go to oh yeah maybe in the states i know they're um, yeah, most the, likely. The black vegan... <laughs> <laughs> they got everything down there. Yeah, the black vegan community in the States is, they're phenomenal. Like, Absolutely. I, we don't have anything like that here yet. <laughs> mm. Hopefully, someone listening to this is inspired to create. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, just kind of wrapping up our conversation what are some resources that you would recommend to new vegans or people that are interested in transitioning especially black people um i would follow you know social media is going to be a great tool for this because it's it's fast it's compact you can search anything up on your instagram and your facebook um and uh there are just even like memes and videos, like there's just so much that is accessible and breaks things down that's easy and gives you 
like a, a starter. Um, but I would say definitely read uh, Sister Vegan. Um, I forgot who wrote the book, um, but the, the title is called Sister Vegan. Um, I would follow Shockabars on Instagram because he's just fantastic um, in terms of like diet. Um, and also get to know, like take the time to network in your own community and meet with dietitians and, nut- and nutritionists and, and, you know, trainers who are really passionate about, you know, enhancing your health, not just making money. Um, but I would start off if people are like really reluctant, cut out one thing gradually, like milk for sure. I'm a big advocate on just not drinking milk. It's mm-hmm. disgusting. It's not good for you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't, um, we're not supposed to drink it. Um, milk for sure. Cut that out. Um, and then, you know, when you're in the store, um, go to the veggie and the dairy aisle and go to the alternatives. Like mm-hmm. it's and and try tofu. Like it's not. People are like the hardcore meat eaters are like, oh, I can't try this. This is so disgusting. And the thing is that everything that we're eating is natural and it's exactly. not going to hurt anybody. <laughs> the things that they're um, dedicated to and, and so invested in, you know, have long term effects. Exactly. Unless you're, you know, you're you're ingesting and having like vegetables that you know have all these chemicals on it for the most part if you have organic um there's nothing that that is in our diet that can really hurt anybody or have negative long-lasting effects so um the resources are out there and also surround yourself with supportive people Hmm. who are you know going to encourage and motivate you um because this is this is about it's about your health and, you know, investing in yourself and um, making the effort to really, um, I don't know, to really just practice self-care in all, in all of its forms. And um, your diet is, is the one thing that's going to just set you on a path of, of clarity um, and, you know, proper health. So, right. yeah. Yeah, well said. Thank you for that. Yeah, I definitely need to check out that book. Sounds interesting. I wonder if I can even... I just forget who wrote it. Um, But yeah, she is, I believe, from Los Angeles. Um, Oh yeah, here we go. Sister Vegan. Um... Sister Vegan, Black Female Vegans Speak on Food, Identity, Health, and Society. Ah. That's like the full the full name of the book. Wow. There you go. Cool. And um, I would just like to conclude with um, what I like to have my guests do is just if people are interested in following them on social media, if you just could share where how they could follow you or connect with you. Oh yeah. Um I'm at on Instagram um at MC underscore woke and on Twitter at MC underscore woke and um I have Snapchat. I still don't get it. Like I don't use it. I think I'm <laughs> at MC underscore woke or Alexa Potashnik on there too. Um and Alexa Joy Potashnik on, on Facebook. Um, and all the uh, advocacy and activism work I do is at Blackspace WPG. So, yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me and share your insight and your story. Oh, thanks so much for having me. You're doing, you know what? I love what you're doing and keep doing it because there, I think this platform is just going to break down misconceptions and, you know, provide so much information to our community and I just I always love and respect the work that's being done out east and, and you folks are, are doing great things um uh so yeah keep up keep up the podcast thank you and I will share this as soon as it's published awesome thank <laughs> you for that encouragement and feedback yeah I that's one of the reasons why I started is to break down those misconceptions and to just connect with the vegan plant-based community
And that concludes part one of the Black Vegan series. Stay tuned next week for part two of this series where I interview Kimberly of Might Be Vegan. Let me know your thoughts on this episode through Instagram or on my blog www.sweettoothshay.com. If you would like to be featured on the Sweet Tooth Vegan podcast, you can send me an email at shalina at sweettoothshay.com. Thank you so much for listening and take care.